Um, let me start this off by reminding everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list there. Uh, that way you can you can get the newsletter from Lola that she puts out, as well as notifications of deals and things like that that she finds. Excuse me. Um, and I would also like to invite everyone to go over to U.S. Law Shield. Uh, it, we've got a link for that. So if you guys um, use our code, which I think I could share it here it's in the it's in the chat if you're looking for it right now we can't post it on youtube so you have to go to hankstrange.com to get it um you can get two free months when you use the code hank uh, on an annual membership so we are, we appreciate that i think your rate will be locked in at 10.95 so there you go all right that being said here big shout out to barnoll uh, makers of performance steel case ammunition i have to let you guys know that they do sponsor us and we've got Dave of Barnoles here with us today. So just upfront exposure of that knowledge to you guys so that no one can fault me uh, for not saying that. And that being said, I'm going to jump right in here. Don't forget to like, share, smash the thumbs ups, all that kind of stuff. We need that, especially since we're severely shadow banned by the YouTubes here. All right, let me uh, kick off the open. Let's do this. Welcome back. The Hanks all right guys situation. don't forget Lifestyle to smash that subscribe button smash the thumbs ups ring the bell so you can be notified we go live i got a bell right there there we go there we go ringing the bell we are live i hope you guys have your big girl <laughs> panties on um this is episode 814 of the who move my freedom podcast as i said we have dave kawika did i did i did i get that right <laughs> No. No. I always want it. Kawaka. I oh I don't know why. Do I, I must have I must have this somehow like misspelled somewhere. Lola's gonna have to double check me. I mess it up every time, Dave. Oh why yeah, you got spelled wrong on the on the podcast yeah. too. Yeah, you're supposed to tell me that before we go. I just looked at no, I just looked at it. <laughs> you're supposed to double check me. Uh, What's up, man? What's going? What's going on? Oh not a whole lot, just in Joining Thursday and seeing all the news, the new news that's breaking out there. Oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of crazy news joining us. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So, Lola, hopefully you're out there uh, changing that and fixing that for me. I don't know. I've got, to I've got to change that in my phone or wherever. You know, I am a little bit dyslexic, so I'm always <laughs> messing up stuff like this. Uh, Sean Curtis is also here of Pew, Pew Tactical. Did I get that right, Sean, at all? Uh, you got it, man. You okay, got it right you. on the head. Oh, look, you got a T-shirt on anyway, so there you go. That's how. See, Dave, where's your T-shirt, man? Uh, we've still not done any Barnold T-shirts. We still haven't. Yeah, you've got some kind oh. of weird, like, looks like a fraternity shirt on. <laughs> um, so, actually some guys I met that do AKs. They do some uh, oh, okay. different stuff, evocative strategic. They're, they're cool guys. Met them a couple months back. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun show. We got some, oh, now I'm messing this up too. We have a lot of different stuff to talk about here. So you guys need to make sure you smash those thumbs up, share it, all that kind of stuff. Um, if people have questions, uh, for Dave, he's also, if you've seen him on here talking about high point as well, as well as bar knows. Oh, we got a kid who's, there he goes. Somebody's getting, there you go. <laughs> Getting, his, right. <laughs> getting it in, getting it in. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, if, if anyone has questions or anything like that, let us know. We will get to it. I'm sure today is a big news day for quite a few things breaking out there. But let me start with these guys. Uh, Sean, Dave, where, where do you guys want to start with? Do you want to start with the, uh, with the elephant in the room? 
the, the <laughs> ATF Chipman thing. We, we're, like, what, uh, what, what, why why not? I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, where, where did you, when did you guys find out about this? I found out about this early in the morning. I think I was probably one of the first people to post this on social media. Um, and I would like to say that I, that, you know, I, I'm like so awesome and that's how, but basically I was talking to my friend, John, who works at MLN news and GOA and all that. And we were talking about another, uh, thing that's going on. And all of a sudden he starts going, Oh, wow. 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 I was like, Oh crap. He just, he said like about 10 wows. <laughs> with no like, other context. Yeah. I was like, what the hell's going on with you, man? <laughs> you having a stroke? And he was like, "Oh, they pulled they pulled Dave Chipman's nomination for the ATF." So, and he was like, "I got to write a story on this. I got to go." Meanwhile, I immediately went to the Washington Post. I think that's who broke it. Uh, let me see. I think that's who uh when when I was looking at it, I think it was the Washington Post and I immediately went there <laughs> and sh and uh did a screen capture of that article. Let me see if I could throw it up for everyone to see. Um, oh, I got that might be one I shared on Barnold, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. So anyway, I went there immediately and shared it. I definitely have a picture that I could show you guys of that, and I shared it on all my social media and all that kind of stuff. And we were on from there. Here he goes. That's that's what the headline looked like this yep. morning. White House to withdraw <laughs> nomination of David Chipman uh, to head ATF uh, in face of bipartisan pushback over his gun control advocacy. So that's my story on how I found out about it. Who was, let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with Sean. How'd you find out yeah, about this? I think um, I caught Brownell's reposting of your post, Inc. And that's mm -hmm. where I learned of it first. But mm -hmm. the funny thing is that you, you can tell that I think my feed wasn't very diverse because just about everyone that I'm plugged into on Instagram had a similar post, maybe a different angle on Homeboy's face, but it was all the good news scrolling yeah. through, right? Yeah. This is kind of crazy, but gun guys, Dave, are probably like, you know, every gun guy in America just broke the internet or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how'd you find out about all this, Dave? Uh, it's the same thing. It was all over my feed. I mean, I think I know I saw yours. Mm -hmm. Like I saw the Brownells, and I forget who else's. Because mm -hmm. the first ones I saw, I thought it seemed like they were saying it was likely to be pulled. And then what was it this afternoon? I saw another one that said like it was for sure. But either way, mm -hmm. I saw it pretty early in the morning yeah. from Instagram from yeah. every feed possible. Yeah, every gun guy's feed went crazy. Um, and there's a couple of different things out there. I know some folks, the folks in the chat, have uh, some comments that they're making. I was. Um, Actually, so my, my, my friend that I just spoke about, John, actually wrote an article on this, and I was looking at it, uh, and this is on Amoland, so I'll just throw this up here. You guys can see it says, White House withdraws Chipman's ATF nomination, but eyes new position as guns are. Mm -hmm. And I just saw um, Jay says, Biden says he's, uh, said he's still going to use him in another position, so that's probably what they're talking about there. And then if you scroll down in that article, I'll let everyone uh, read it. Um, they actually posted something from, from the Brady folks, you know, and it says it's reported that the White House will withdraw the ATF director nomination of David Chipman after a smear campaign from the gun lobby plus, plus resistance from a majority of senators. And then they put um, 
to hashtag end gun violence, we need a qualified leader like Chipman for the ATF. So, um, God, they're still on it. Obviously, they're not uh, giving that up. No. Yeah. What? What's you? What's? Let me hear the take from you guys on all of this. Whoever wants to jump in. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, yeah. That's that's tough. I mean, to say that. Uh, he's going to be someone who is qualified to tackle gun violence. That's kind of tough um, yeah. with, with the, the history that I think has been displayed so far. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I think, uh, you know, the internal documents that have come out and the comments that we've seen, you know, I, I don't have any verified information, but mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot of folks that work with him at AT or AFT weren't happy about yeah. it either. So, <laughs> Get it right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. uh, I, I don't think you have to go back very far to, to be concerned about that. But the idea of a gun czar is something that was floated a while back when uh, Biden tapped Beto for it. And, and he basically pointed him out and said, you're you're the guy. You're the guy that's got to get this gun or get this done. Yeah, it's a gun czar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's. uh I don't know. I, I think he would meet the same level of resistance if, if he went into that role, too. I mean, yeah, it's it almost the same. LV Louis Cipher out there says, um, isn't BATF the gu- the guns are? It's like, I mean, you would think. Yeah, that's a redundant position to make him the guns are. You know, what's the, the ATF is supposed to be um, overseeing this whole thing. Personally, I think they shouldn't even exist. Yeah, what difference would it make to make him a gun czar? It would just be like a political, you know, kind of like I a useless thing, right? Leadership is uh, needs to be defined, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when you have the AFT out there, it, it's a nebulous organization that mm-hmm. unless you do something and you get their attention or you have an FFL and you have to work mm-hmm. with somebody at that branch, you, you're not going to really have a face for that uh, organization, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the alphabet soup, and you hope they never show up at your house. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue is if you put a spokesperson out there, if you have someone who is defined leadership, right, then you can get a, a mission statement, a direction, and it, it also uh, potentially can draw some heat off of Biden, like, um, you know, having his own agenda to move forward at the discretion of the president kind of draws some of that back to the individual who's now running the organization. So, mm-hmm. um, and potentially has, you know, cross governmental, um, interaction to, if you have, uh, various committees and government entities and, you know, even anti-gun groups that want to get in on this, they can all collate with this guy Mm. Now the guns are and uh, pool resources to try to affect an end. Maybe worse, maybe a worse thing. You're saying, right? Because they'll be doing all kinds of craziness. Yeah, yeah. I think when you elect a king, you've got to have a kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, and right now it's it's a group of people who are who are doing a job, and um, when you have somebody, when you when you appoint a gun czar. I mean, it's like a, a drug czar, right? We've mm-hmm. had a drug czar. We know what that's like. We, we know how that went. And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, we, got, the, we got more drugs. <laughs> right. Coming from the world. And uh, more as, deadly. As a, retired, <laughs> as a retired law enforcement mm-hmm. officer, um, I, I can say that, 
you know, that didn't go all that well. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had to go back retroactively to cure a lot of the ills that came out of that. Sure, mm-hmm. there were people who got caught up who were doing some rough things that uh, that needed some help, but um, there, there were also excesses too. And, and so I feel like, you know, it's politically driven. I mean, that's obvious, but um, when you have the capacity to create a czar, then that's a that's a political mechanism. It's a, it's a body mm-hmm. that's willing to set a mission statement and start marching. Yeah, and then you're at least trying to pacify your base. So I see Lola here wants us to start from the top with Chip Chipman. Let me go. Let me go to Lola's instructions. What does she say? Uh, when did we first hear of Chipman? What is his background? Why is he not a good pick? That's coming from Lola. Um, uh, so when did we first hear of Chipman? Um, I guess after Biden once did we hear of Chipman before the elections were over or I think it was right after the elections. I don't know that he necessarily pinged anyone's radar, but certainly retroactively um, with Waco. I know that's the one thing that uh, a lot of people have pointed to mm-hmm. and how that was handled. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have the specific information of his involvement, like if he ran the op or uh, mm-hmm. what, what from we we had a guy from uh a former atf agent i see some people were men- mentioning him in the chat um vince sheffalu he was on i i don't think he was running that up but he showed up there um afterwards according to him and we could pull up uh chipman's uh wikipedia if you want but i, I don't i don't know if, i don't even know if we need to rehash that whole thing um so this former atf agent that was here on the show said this guy was always a loser that's to just sum up what was (laughs) what was going on with chipman right so he's not very he wasn't very well respected at the atf but then also he's been working for this gun group the, the the brady campaign as well as other people for a long time there's a lot of things that have come out about chipman there's been racist stuff all kinds we were talking um i think like a week or two weeks ago that he was a marketing director for a company um, that sells something called Shot Caller. Don't know whether or not you guys have heard of that, but they sold it no. to lots of different cities. It's basically yeah. a, sound, a sound detection oh. device. Yeah, and it's a waste of money. I think Chicago in the last three years has spent $33 million on this thing. And it has, yeah, it has like a 5% uh, effectiveness according to government bodies that yeah. have that are overseeing what's going on there. So An just, audio-based uh, geolocation device to yeah. home law enforcement response and to shots fired calls. Yeah, yeah. And so Chicago wasted a lot of money on that. Um, you know, not effective. They actually try to use that stuff to set people up. You know, there were a couple of people that uh, one guy was set up on a murder charge uh, using that. Um wow. Uh, just lots of crazy things going on there where the company was faking evidence and all kinds of stuff. And Chipman was a marketing direct, director for that, as well as working for the Brady campaign and doing all kinds of uh, useless stuff out there. Well, that's enough. I mean, the Brady campaign is enough right there. Mm-hmm. Why would if, they... If there, were, if there were nothing else, then yeah. we would already be at odds. Yeah. Um, how, 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 do you, how do you guys in the industry look at this, Dave? You've been in the industry for a long time, um, you know, doing a couple different things here. How did you guys take the, the news? Of- <laughs> uh, well, the news of him not being 
nominated? Yeah, that's great. No, well, the news him, of him being in there, I mean, does it really oh, affect that, you guys that much? Or everyone at the ATF is basically like, oh, this is no good for us. How, how do you all look at that? No, I mean, obviously we deal with our ATF agents that do, you know, compliance mm-hmm. checks and stuff with us, and we like them. Mm-hmm. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing like this guy mm-hmm. being nominated, no, that was absolutely just red flags for us left and right. I mean, you couldn't have picked any more of an anti-gun person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's fitting for somebody Biden to pick because, again, his administration doesn't like guns. They don't like us. So why wouldn't you go for an extreme extremist like this guy to have mm-hmm. him run ATF? It, it's absolutely mm-hmm. fitting. But no, we weren't. We were terri- not only terrified, but kind of avoid terrified of this guy mm-hmm. getting in. What kind of chaos is he going to cause? And mm-hmm. now I think this is a great little victory now. But, you know, like we're saying with this whole guns are thing, it ain't over. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's never over. Right. I don't think that Biden is just going to like go curl up in a corner um, and hide from this thing. But I mean, it was definitely it was definitely I think nominating Chipman was a signal to their base Mm -hmm. that they're going to do something, um, you know, because Beto Beto is what is he? What's Mm -hmm. his thing? Transportation secretary or something ridiculous like like that. that? Yeah. You know, so uh, this is where these guys are at. Like Beto, Beto, for example, is transportation secretary and they're, you know, um, the administration is planning, I think, in what is it like by 2030 or something? We're supposed to be switched over to all electric cars. And they had they had a thing at the White House where they invited uh, the three major automotive players here in America, um, basically like Chrysler uh gm and ford and they left out uh they left out tesla (laughs) which is the biggest manufacturer in america of electric cars and beto beto actually has a tesla and when they asked him on the news why they why they left tesla out he was like i don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) that guy that this is this is how these people are that's the transportation chief yeah yeah he's in charge of transportation and it's the same thing like with chipman you're gonna put a guy in there who's completely anti-gun we have the second amendment in america that guy is planning on tearing everything down everything is run by politics they left tesla out because they because they don't like what elon musk is saying you know that he doesn't go along with the with the with the plan on the left or whatever i'm not trying i'm pretty sure elon musk is a liberal but they, but he still speaks his mind, and they don't like that. Nope. You know, so I that we're, we're going to put that guy in charge of transportation, and then he leaves out the big. Like, there's no company on the face of this planet, uh, whether you're whether or not you like electric cars. There's no company on the face of this planet that's gone further with electric cars than Tesla. Mm-hmm. And you're going to leave them out. <laughs> yep. Of your yeah, big conference. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're talking about. We don't need them. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think that's the same. That's the same thing here, you know, um, w- with the whole Chipman nomination to the ATF. And I think also what I was hearing before this came out was that that nomination was permanently on hold. There was no way they were going to be able to push him forward, and maybe they would just leave it like that, almost like what happened um, under the Trump administration. That he I forgot the name of the guy that Trump put up. And then that became a fiasco. Um, mm-hmm. Someone out, someone out there is going to remind us of that. And then that just became permanently on hold, even with Trump. Right. So that's what I was hearing here with Chipman that it was just going to be permanently on hold. So to me, hearing this news, I'm like, oh, they must have someone else they're going to put up there, and then this 
this strategy of, oh, we're going to make him a gun czar because they figure they could just do a whole bunch of executive orders and try to, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably, it's good news and it's probably the worst news, if that makes yep. any sense. You know? Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, as transportation, mm -hmm. um, it's almost like a holding pattern for him politically, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's a place where he can go and kind of cool his jets for a while, but still maintain some, um, some public collateral. And mm -hmm. then uh, if things continue to roll in the Democrats' direction, he's potentially there to jump on board. So um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily fooled by that. I, I think Beto is still, I mean, he, he made it pretty clear uh, when he said, hell yes, we're taking your AR-15. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> you can go back down from a statement like that. Uh, mm -hmm. so he, he, he's waiting in the wings to, to take his shot. But, oh, but you, yeah, think still, you, you think Beto's still going to jump over here, huh? Maybe they'll put him, him up? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know when, but, um, mm -hmm. but like I said, he... He said that electrifying statement to, I mean, it electrified both sides, right? Mm -hmm. Some of us were like, the hell you will. And the rest <laughs> were like, oh, that's wonderful. Finally, someone who's saying what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. But uh, unfortunately, you know, he's, he's just going to step off to the side for a minute because he's just a little too hot politically. But then Chipman rolled in and mm -hmm. I think, you know, people uh, uh, hissed at that also. So I'm glad at least that, it, it still shows that we have some some clout, you know, out there. Even if we're just enough to uh, raise such a fuss that you know, mm -hmm. they have to reconsider or do or take another plan. But I don't think we're necessarily rid of Chipman either. I, you know, he, he's no. he's here to stay and try to do something, whatever his dirty ends might be. Yeah, that brings up a good point, I think, Dave. That that Sean was making about our clout, right? Like we have influence, and I saw people talking about this. Um, would you agree with that, 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 you know, we exerted some influence here in this situation and if we could get together, maybe in other situations, we could do I, something. I, I certainly like to think so. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, it's kind of like, even through the uh, more high point side, mm -hmm. I threw out there saying, you know, look, he's out, we won, but this mm -hmm. isn't over. Mm -hmm. Contact your representatives. That is mm -hmm. just as important as it was several months ago. Mm -hmm. Reach right. out to them regularly. Hound your representatives really and truly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it. We're always be fighting this uphill battle, and right now yeah. it's not looking any better or any easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think in in this battle, man, pressure is a really important thing. I yes, I you know I'm sure there's going to be people that poo poo it, but it's really important here. I think especially in we've kind of been missing out in the last couple of years from the usual pressure that would be applied because of what's happening with the NRA. I mean, I'll, I'll leave that as a separate thing. I think a lot of people are aware of what's going on there. But because there's no pressure coming from the NRA, a lot of politicians, even on our side, have been doing whatever they want. Right. You know, and we've got a lot of rhinos out there who act like they're really on our side and they support us and they believe in the Constitution. Uh, and specifically for us, uh, the Second Amendment's important. But if you actually put pressure on them and they realize, like, oh, we might have people looking at us... <laughs> Yeah. who might start not voting for us and make some things happen, right? Sure. Yep. Yeah. I think I think really, really, really important to stick together on that and keep doing that because we still have a lot of crap that we have to deal with out there. Um, you know, there's uh, there's the, the whole, um, not just the bump stock thing, but there's the, the brace thing, the pistol brace thing. Yeah. You know, um, 
ATF is trying to get into a position where they can make anything a machine gun? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, what's the new, the new triggers now that they're going after? Yeah. Rare breed? Yeah, they're going <laughs> after rare breed, but if you really look at what they're doing with a, with not just what came out from, from the pistol brace, but they really want to set themselves up where they can... Mm-hmm. They can say anything is a machine gun, and therefore certain things that would fall in the category of accessories, like a like a pistol brace, for example, or even like triggers, <laughs> all of a sudden they could say, No, those are no, those are not accessories. You know, they're potential machine guns and therefore, you know, we should have um, our say over that. Yeah, you know, that's kind of an interesting point for me. Um mm-hmm. just coming from a law enforcement background, mm-hmm. um, I didn't write the laws, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there were laws that we agreed with and laws that we didn't, but we didn't write the laws and um, we would have to go out and enforce them uh, based upon what issues we were confronted with on a daily basis. But, mm-hmm. but we have an entity that has potentially the capacity to change definitions mm-hmm. and therefore change the elements within the laws that they enforce that's uh, a little alarming and uh, potentially rife for um, abuses. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but uh, I think it creates a, a kind of a unique situation. Normally we have those separations and powers, mm-hmm. checks and balances, mm-hmm. right, for, for our enforcement and our legislation. Uh, and, and their combined movements lately have been a little bit concerning in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that, Dave? I, no, I, I I agree with that completely. I mean, I think, you know, them making these moves of what they can control and illegalize, it's just, it's, where's the checks and balances going? Yeah. It seems like that stuff is eroding away. I mean, and people are seeing that more and more and getting more concerned about it and more irritated about it on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. I think it's a, I don't know why, well, obviously, I think I do know why. I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. But. You know, there's folks out there who want to ignore the laws that we that in order to have society. Right. We all rough loosely agree on these. Hey, this these are the laws of our society. But if you don't. Yeah. And if you don't like something in that and you decide, well, I'm just going to make that illegal. or I'm just going to wave a magic wand. And all of a sudden that's going to become illegal. You know. That's going to lead to the erosion of that society and that peace that we have inside of the society, right? Because if you're if you happen to be in political power and you're just like we're just going to make up whatever we want to, we don't care about your you know your freedom of speech or your right to defend yourself or this thing or that thing, we're just going to impose whatever we want on you. That's when we all start going, oh okay, I see how this is. Right. Well, Chip right. Chip was a great example of that. He, mm-hmm. he even said yeah. he felt the First Amendment was, you know, um, I forget how he put it, but he said the First Amendment was something that got in the way of mm-hmm. them looking at seeing who could potentially be a bad guy. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really, dude? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of um, we we've been talking a little bit about that. There's a lot of stuff there where. Um, if, especially the rogue agents. I don't think like everyone at the ATF is necessarily like that. Probably no, no, no. more nowadays because of all the political appointments and stuff like that. But yeah, there's folks out there that would like to get rid of everything so they could just grab every gun in America, you know. But there's there's a line that 
that they're precariously close to, I think, that when you go over that line, there's going to be people who even maybe in the past are on your side, they're going to go, hell no. And in the last couple of years, um, the, the massive spikes in sales that we've seen of guns and ammo have mostly come from people on the other side who would normally agree with those guys. Right. Yeah. But they stopped agreeing with those guys when they started yeah. seeing cities burning in America yeah. and people being locked down and all kinds of craziness happening. I'm like, mm. <laughs> we might have to defend ourselves all of a sudden. It's weird, right? It's a way, I don't know. <laughs> and gun sales skyrocketed and ammo yeah. left the shelves at a prolific rate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, mm. I think that, uh, man, this is uh, crazy times that we're living in. I don't know. That's probably For sure. everyone, everyone's saying that, but we're living in batshit crazy times. Yes, without a doubt. Without any doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, I know there's other stuff going on. I don't know if you guys, did you? Did anyone have anything else that you want to say about Chipman? Or folks in the audience, if you guys have something you maybe want us to discuss with this whole Chipman thing, I'll give everyone a couple seconds here. Um, to get into it. What I actually see from what I'm seeing in the chat is everyone's fighting about me saying something about Tesla. I see that right now. Um, That's kind of yeah, there's a lot of battery discussion going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, there's right a whole now. like fight going on. Like Tesla's <laughs> fighting words to people. Um, but if you're out there, you're watching, you're listening to this, uh, smash the thumbs up, share this if you can. If you have a specific thing that you want to uh, get into here. And if you guys are getting all crazy uh, about me, you know, mentioning Tesla, I saw, I think it was, I think it was LV Louis Cipher said that Tesla's com uh, spontaneously combust. That's not true. I'm looking at one right out my the window of this van right now. And, you know, what happens, just like things happen here in the news, we need to really be careful about this, right? What happens in the media and how we consume things that we hear. If you actually follow this, you'll find out a lot of the a lot of the news stories that get out in the media about Tesla's just blow up and set on fire, they're always finding out that someone did that as an insurance scam or some other kind of thing that was going on. And it's not ex like if you just go by that headline that you see and you don't actually follow those stories, it could be misleading. That's that's the thing that I would say to folks out there. And it happens to us in the gun world. And we should think a little bit about it before we start <laughs> applying that same thing to everything else. That's what I see happening with Joe Rogan right now when they say he's taking a horse dewormer. Oh God. <laughs> you know, to deal with COVID. Meanwhile, he's taking like a very highly respected drug that's been used for a long time. Right. You know? And and the media is like, oh no, it's horse dewormer. <laughs> Ignore what people are saying about it. so just, you know. That's the thing there. I don't know if um uh, okay, so here we go. Chris Rodriguez, this question was, like, destined to come up, Dave. <laughs> he says, what's the steel case ammo situation? Why would you ask that, Chris? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. You, yeah, does this what's have something the... to do with Dave having something to do <laughs> with steel case ammo? I, I, I don't get it. I mean, we're shipping ammo, so what, what, what do you mean? Yeah. It's out there. We're shipping yeah. it daily. I mean, come on. No, okay, all, all seriousness, Dave, lots of people out, th this is the thing, right? This is something that came from the Biden administration uh, in the last couple of weeks. All of a sudden it was announced. I was kind of yep. expecting this just from what I hear in uh, different circles. 
but this whole ban against Russian ammo, there was, there's been a ban against guns and stuff like that. What have you to say, Dave? Of well, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll catch the real meat of it. This mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anything going on in Russia or with any poisonings or assassinations, nothing like that. This is a gun control move. Mm-hmm. That's all this is. I mean, mm-hmm. you read their statement. We've got it shared on Facebook, but you can read the government statement about it. And it it talks about, you know, the poison being used. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, and we're going to ban, you know, Russian imports. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is nothing to do with ammo. This is about stopping us, uh, stopping gun owners. It's a gun control maneuver. I yeah. mean, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to do to actually punish um, – Russians and how it's going to stop no, no, them from no, killing nobody. dissidents. Nobody. Or trying to kill. They didn't actually kill that guy, I don't think. The particular. No, that's, that's right. That, yeah, I think you're it right. wasn't lead poisoning either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even easier. And, yeah. And is it is it going to put a stop to the to Russia being able to sell ammo to the world or even America? Uh, to here in the U.S., eventually, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to make it difficult. Okay. Know. Mm-hmm. But to the rest of the world, no. The rest of the world's doing their own business. They have nothing to do with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, you guys are bringing in a lot of ammo. Is that still coming right. in? I think from what I heard, contracts and stuff like that that are already set up a good for a couple of years. I don't know if you want to clarify yeah. what's going on there. Okay. Yeah, it has to do with the, form, forms, uh, the Form 6s that we put out to import the ammo in. Mm-hmm. Any Form 6s that have been approved, we can still bring that ammo in. So, I mean, so we have approved Form 6s for a bunch of ammo, so we're still going to bring in a bunch of ammo. You mm-hmm. know, eventually will that run out? Sure, it will. You know, mm-hmm. I can't put a, t- a timeline to that because I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but but yes, I mean, at the current state of things, yeah, it, eventually this ammo supply will dry up. Ammo costs are going to go up. I mean, they've been going up, but you know, for now though, we're going to keep getting the ammo. We're going to keep bringing it in. If you need it, okay. go get it. Just All stop right. hoarding it. Okay, so from what you're saying, ammo still coming in. You guys still have ammo coming in. It doesn't fall yep. under this. Okay. Um, I think we've seen a spike in prices. Do yeah. you have any say over that or what's your, is that something? Cause I think that you guys, your model is a distribution model, right? I don't know if you want Correct. to explain that Correct. to folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, like we had, even before this dropped, we had a price increase come from Russia. So at that point then it mm-hmm. makes our prices go up a little bit to our mm-hmm. distributors, but then from our distributors, it goes out to our dealers and out to consumers. I mean, it's still, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. It's there's not been some huge oh my gosh people are going up to buy an ammo let's crank our prices up hasn't happened we haven't done that okay all right so you already had um a a price increase that was in there as a distributor you pass that on to the stores so if we're right. seeing prices go up in places do we start writing angry letters to barnules or who do we write these angry letters to uh representatives who are messing with everything <laughs> i mean yeah. i mean the truth is you can't control it right like if you're the distributor right. and i'm right. the, and i'm the store whether i'm a big store online or whatever and i get it once I, like i got it from you i set my price after that right right absolutely okay absolutely so yeah you you guys have to um take it up with those guys now are those guys taking like taking it up with you or they're like oh you know we want it cheaper uh, we we get some of that. I mean, you get the occasional phone call of like, you know, I mm-hmm. found your ammo here and there, but mm-hmm. you still get a lot of, you know, I just can't find your ammo. Where is it at? And I tell people, mm-hmm. I'm like, look online first place. Mm-hmm. We have buy now links. You can try those beyond that. And also, mm-hmm. it's 2021. I mean, Google everything. Mm-hmm. Google hates guns and ammo, but you can still help them make them help you find the ammo. I mean, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So but we get some of that. Of why is the price going? You know, why is it this? Why is it that? And it's like, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. We sell it for X price. We buy it for X price. We're not making mm-hmm. that much money on it. We're really not. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, ammo. You make your money in ammo by volume. I mean, it's it's not like we're just laughing. Going, ha ha ha! Look at all the money we have from this Russian ammo we brought in. Nah, we wish. Yeah, it's you probably already have contracts that. and things like that. Chris Rodriguez says uh, Barnul seven six two by thirty nine uh, doubled uh, price everywhere the day after the ban was announced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that wasn't on our end. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. Hank, I've heard mm-hmm. from a few places that we interact with that there were manufacturers that had you know a couple of price hikes come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Part of that is them trying to meet the demand, just being mm-hmm. able to spin up a little bit more. Most folks were at capacity anyway. It, it's hard when you're running full bore to try to meet that demand to actually implement more capability. Absolutely. And you can't tell the internet that either, though. They don't want to hear that. No, that's not, that's not convenient. Um, yeah. no. So they, they, a lot of people will chase a... a some kind of conspiracy on that, but, mm-hmm. but the reality was that there were several manufacturers that had a couple of uh, incremental bumps uh, that you know it, it goes down the chain all the way to the consumer eventually. And mm-hmm. and Dave, you're absolutely right. I mean, volume is key. You have mm-hmm. to be able to move a lot of units in order to get something out of that thin profit market. Yeah. And if the, I mean, you guys can speak on this probably, I know Dave definitely can better than me, but most of your big uh, reputable companies, okay, um, notice I said reputable, okay, there's some places that definitely do price gouging, but most of your reputable places that have got these orders in and have things set up and all that, they're not going to change it. But if everyone in the world, wasn't trying to figure out how to get their ammo right before that news came out that you know what was what would happen is at the time that news and i actually saw this in person i saw this play out that um (laughs) the news came out and then there were people who didn't have ammo and they started making calls and ordering stuff online so the your reputable places sell out immediately then you're not so reputable places what do you think they're going to do they're going to go, oh, wait, everyone, yeah, everyone's, this is coming out in the news. So now it's going to, this is just, it's like an unfortunate thing that happens, but it happens all the time in, yeah. in um, lots of different, uh, lots of different places. So um, I know that doesn't help anyone out there who, who didn't get this ammo, you know, but trust me, there's people who work in this industry who have the same problems that folks out there have, yeah. you know? Because they're yeah. they're they're getting a paycheck, they have to pay bills, and take care right. of their family. So they can't necessarily, you know, like you might think, oh, this guy's working at you know X Y Z big company. He's got all the ammo. <laughs> no, he's paying his mortgage. Only, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah, he's buying food for his kids, paying their their fees. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then this happens, and everyone goes and buys everything, and then yes, there's people out there who push the prices up. My solution for that is don't freaking buy at those prices. Yep. You know, and maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll come back down. Um, let me see. Before anyone has anything you want to add to that, before I go, uh, there's there's a question here. Um, DCG forty fours says, can't someone just set up to make ammo in another country or expand current production to fill the void 
Yes, it will take time, but capitalism, mofo, and then a bunch of dollar signs. Sure, they can, but it also takes you know time and also a ton of money. I mean, mm-hmm. who can just open up shop and start producing ammo tomorrow? I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. maybe you can get bullets, maybe you can get material casings, maybe you can get powder, but then primers is a whole other thing. It's, I mean, yeah. Um, and you run into the same issue that I brought up just a few minutes ago, which is building that infrastructure to uh, support and increase capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building bullets, uh, building the actual final product is something that is uh, it takes some care and uh, some consideration. If you want it to work, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want mine to work. So yeah. Uh, there's more there's more bad ammo out there I've noticed lately also in the in just the last couple of years, right? Because you gotta wonder there, if there's the some people rushing in. To, yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah, they're trying to increase so much uh Yeah. I haven't seen any issues with um a lot of name brand stuff, but mm-hmm. uh you know, stuff that I'm used to shooting, but but it, it's you mentioned it earlier, Hank. It's been a struggle for uh I think a lot of folks who usually rely on those relationships to try to accomplish the mission, um, getting ammo to, to shoot reviews, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you have, um, an organization that conducts gun reviews and you expect a certain amount, let's say 500 rounds, right. For a pistol, maybe mm-hmm. you want at least 500 rounds, um, maybe a thousand rounds for an AR, uh, that's kind of tough now. And, and your prices are, are going up exponentially. So, uh, your your our profit margins start to mm-hmm. fade a little, and um, you have to reallocate how you approach those reviews. So mm-hmm. um, you still want to give it a good shake, right? You you don't want to say, eh, we couldn't afford enough ammo, so we shot <laughs> two boxes of ammo, and we think this gun is great. Yeah, that, that's not credible. Well, at so, that point, uh, you're not you're not well. Yeah, this is the semantics of what you say that you're doing. Are you, right. you know, putting a couple of shots through this thing or are you somehow trying to make people think that you're doing some kind of long term evaluation in five minutes? You know, which to me, it's not possible. Right. I think no, a lot of these things. Yeah, it's way it takes a lot of time um, yeah. and or someone somehow gets their hands on a lot of ammo. And I know that's like, right. you know, first world problems for for us as gun guys. But if you're sponsored um, by some like so, for example, on on. The main, obviously here on the podcast we're sponsored by Barnul, which we appreciate. You know, Absolutely. Um, and even on my main stuff, uh, I'm sponsored by uh, Fort Scott. It they have not, I have not gotten any kind of ammo in a regular on a regular basis. I literally have to beg. I even do that with Dave. I'm like Dave, what, what you got, Sorry, man? man? You know, this if if there's a box. Fell on the floor and cracked open. Yeah. That's what. This is just. It's, it's the reality. I know it sounds, it sounds funny. Am I making it up, Dave? No, no. It's sad but true. It really is that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then we do what we can do. You know. But yeah, you, you should. You can't. You definitely can't pretend that you're. You know, doing some kind of. You know. Uh, you know, a big round count thing on that or what? I don't think you could do that anyway. Even before we got into all of this stuff, um, I don't. It, it takes time to really go through something and figure it out, right? I think the the really the way that if folks are looking at these videos um, in a sensible way, 
you that person has to have that thing really for a couple of years for you to get this what what you think about this thing when you first get your hands on it what happens when you put the first rounds through it maybe a couple of months later six months and a year later you've come to other conclusions maybe two years later it fell apart or you think wow this thing is indestructible <laughs> There's all kinds of things that happen in between there. Uh, does this thing rust in the safe? You know, is it, is it, you know, do, do I like to use it even, right? There's all these kinds of things that just really take time for you to, for you to figure it out. So, but definitely I've seen since this all started with ammo, there's people like, hey, we literally only have two boxes. We're putting some shots through this. Take that for whatever you want. Yeah, and, yeah, and the thing that's crazy about it is um, everyone is, is relying on the same resources, right? And, mm -hmm. and when everyone increases that demand, the resources become more scarce. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, you're, you're all kind of clamoring to get into that same honey hole, and it's just it's not there. And yeah. um, it, mm -hmm. it's almost um, by luck basis. I know that... Um, some some distributors are working with manufacturers and they'll be really good about telling them, hey, we're going to have a batch of this, that, or the mm -hmm. other coming up soon. We'll be shipping it out shortly. And other companies, you just get what shows up on the truck, man. That, that's, that's what I've been hearing. And, and so it's difficult to even predict what uh, consumer the end consumer is going to be able to purchase. And there's no way of knowing sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think when someone was referring to moving the company, there's probably inferring in there that, you know, some of the these not really that they're moving manufacturer, but maybe ownership or something like that. You know, like, oh, all of a sudden this magical company over here, <laughs> you know, owns this. Yeah. But it's really the same ammo, just under a different packaging. <laughs> well, uh, I know, know there's I... some theories that that could help out. Is that feasible? I talked to Kurt at uh, True Shot Gun Club recently and mm -hmm. uh, just brought that up as a, as a possibility, like what if, you know, mm -hmm. what if you have a, a manufacturer here, maybe not necessarily someone related to uh, Russian ammo, but what if you start like a local uh, organization that's currently producing ammo in the United States say, oh, well, we anticipate that at least within a couple of years, there's going to be a real demand for 762 uh, by 3.9. So let us start doing that. Let's delve into that and start spinning up. And it's going to take you a while to build that capacity up. But, but yeah, I mean, like the comment inferred earlier, you know, capitalism, there's always going to be that potential opportunity. Uh, and maybe based upon the current output that's happening right now, some of these companies can reinvest and, and move toward that market. But but I'm not sure that they're going to. I'm not sure that they're going to because the, from what I understand, and Dave, correct me if, if, if I'm grossly mistaken here, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably not going to have an effect for at least a couple of years. Yeah, pretty pretty much. That's that's kind of our outlook. I mean, even that could shift and change, but mm -hmm. our outlook on it is, you know, we're still bringing ammo in for, for a pretty good little bit. Yeah. I mean, right. So the actual so yeah, drying up is going to take time. Up. Yeah. Yeah, it'll take a little bit of time. Well, as long as hoarders quit hoarding, I mean – yeah so well yeah i mean that's, yeah, well, <laughs> you can't turn a hoarder into a housewife 
Oh man, I know that sounds that's that sounds like crushing and cruel to folks out there. Don't think that we don't feel your pain and we don't deal with these things because we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay, we do. Um, but I mean, ultimately, th- there's nothing to do if everyone panics and buys into something. The price is going to go up, and you know, if you're expecting like companies here to be able to make it cheaper, uh, that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Likely. Yeah. Uh, born to be a shooter. Josh says my Grendel's my favorite rifle to shoot. And now that will be gone. I can't afford a dollar a shot or more. Uh, when mm-hmm. I can go buy Creed more in 308 for the same price or less, I probably, uh, shoot it a couple times a year. Um, Yeah. If, I feel for him. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that's the situation that's going on. But, you know, I actually had someone on here, I'm trying to remember who it was now, but who was saying that it's more than just these, like, specific rounds that we look at that's coming from, from Russia, right? Like, 7.62 or 5.45. There's there's a lot of 9mm. There's a lot of 5.56. Oh, two, two, three, you, yeah. Yeah, do you agree with that? Absolutely, because we bring just as much two three as we do seven six two. Mm-hmm. We bring in a ton of nine millimeter. I mean, so no, those mm-hmm. are all going to take a huge hit. So okay. it's not just the AK guys that are going to get shafted here. It's going to be everybody mm-hmm. that shoots steel case. I'm one of those guys. I've been shooting steel case for I don't know how many years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, before we picked up Barnul, I was shooting a lot of just steel case all the time because it was affordable mm-hmm. and I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I did what I needed to do. But mm-hmm. no, it's it, it's everyone's going to feel it. I mean, the three hundred eight we bring in. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's going to be a thing. Uh, Chris Rodriguez says the manager at the local big box store said they have uh, tons of ammo in the back, but are limited in how many can be put out. It wouldn't surprise me. I've heard people say that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Hell, this I've, is... I know. I heard of a lot of shops that are like the honest guys that aren't you know price gouging. They're the mm-hmm. ones that are still doing a whole two box limit. You know, you can only get two yeah. boxes a day. And that's mm-hmm. it because. They want to sell it for a fair price and not go completely, you know, dry on it. Yeah. Um, and just, it, I don't know. We, we, I think we could say this over and over again on the ammo thing. This has been going on for over a year, this ammo situation. Okay. The One of the things about this is we've got to stop buying ammo at ridiculous prices. And we've got to shoot less ammo. <laughs> This yes, is more you know, round count drills. Yeah, if you if you have ammo and if you've been training all this time, chill out or switch to like twenty two or something like soft. that. Yeah, well, seriously, if you if you know, I get it. People need to practice. I believe in that, right? We got to practice and, and and stay out there, but chill out and and don't buy. You know what is the saying? Uh, you know, buy low, sell high. Don't buy when everything is high and crazy. That's the only way the market's going to come off of that. And the market, I think, for ammo looked like it was starting to get softer, get become a better market until this news came out. Yep. And everyone went into panic mode. And, and this is where... And maybe in the next couple of years, if we could forget about it, <laughs> you know, if we pay attention maybe to voting and get some of these idiots out of office... You could swing this back in that time to to get some of these things removed. I, I'm not going to promise anything's going to be removed because I don't know what the hell uh, one president, regardless of what party he's in, removes from the previous one. Yeah. 
you know? No, and, that, and that's that's kind of like our, our big takeaway from this, too, is like mm-hmm. you just said, you can't count on a presidential change. You can't count on any kind of admin change. Mm-hmm. What you can do, obviously, vote when it matters, mm-hmm. you know, and still hound your representatives. Stay on mm-hmm. top of them. I mean, that, I mean, that's that is absolutely key is hounding the representatives. If you just sit back, and go, oh, I'll let those other guys, I'll let, you know, these mm-hmm. different gun groups take care of it. No, man, you've got to be part of it, too. I mean, every mm-hmm. one of us that you know shoots an AR hopefully made some kind of comment to the ATF on the whole brace situation. It's even that level. You got to do that and hit those representatives up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be beating a dead horse by the end of this by saying that, but that's the truth. Hit yeah. your representatives up. <clears throat> it's it's tough. Like a lot of people want to give up those kinds of fights just because sometimes it's frustrating. I get it. I'm sitting in Florida where we got gun control put in in 2018, and that was done by Republicans. Okay, Republicans. And one of the guys who actually wrote the bill as a Republican, okay, wrote it, voted for it. He's now the president of this of the Florida Senate. Okay, he's now going to be running to become agricultural commissioner, which here in Florida controls CCWs, right? And this is a Republican who wrote that bill. <laughs> you know, and when I look at it, there's still like pro-gun organizations supporting him. Uh, and 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 holding parties and fundraising for him and this guy put gun control in Florida the gunshine state right so if we if we don't pay attention to what's happening even though it's kind of it's rough right you you just get burnt out on it if we don't pay attention and fight all those fights then we are literally going to have to fight but if you have a family and people that you care about and things that you have to do in your everyday life you're not immediately going to okay let's just all go into a civil war mode you need to right. you need to do these kinds of things until your back is truly to the wall and then you don't have any other choice i don't know if that sounds crazy to you guys no not at all it seems more and more feasible as we progress or regress i don't know which direction we're going currently <laughs> yeah feels pretty uh, backwards doesn't it yeah edge of the south says start reloading yeah. oh. Who wants to and take it? Easier than done, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's I mean, not. Primers. Huh? Primers. Uh, yeah. I, that was like one of the first pivots that people started shouting when the ammo mm-hmm. was clearing spells. Go on, reload. Get him. Sure, spin up on reloading. But then the primers were bingo. Nobody had any. So, you know, mm-hmm. that you're back at square one again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah the, the, yeah, the reloading is not necessary. It's been tough for, re, for reloaders out there for a while. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. More, I'm pretty sure that reloading situation's been rough for more than a year. Um, probably at least close to about a year and a half, I want to say. Oh, absolutely. I still reload a lot of 9mm. So, I mean, I shoot a lot of handgun reloads mm-hmm. uh, just because I can, because I always have. And, yeah, it's bullets got really hard. Those kind of came back around. Bullets you can get again, but still primers. Now, mm-hmm. almost non-existent. I mean, you get them mm-hmm. when you can find them. Yeah, but it's terrible. Their price yeah. has gone up too. Man, it's just tough out here for a gun guy these days. <laughs> it's, just, it's 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 tough, man. That's why we, that's why if we get this news like with Chipman, we're happy. And I'm with everyone. Don't get crazy happy. It's like you know, right. but we're we're happy because we're not getting a lot of wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I'm- you got to take credit for where it's due and, and enjoy mm-hmm. the small victories, right? But mm-hmm. um, one of the first things that popped into my head is uh, is the devil that you know better than the one that you don't. Uh, yes. You have to wonder about that because, sure, this you can consider it a victory, but 
you know, is it going to be somebody else? What, who, what's the next prop? What are they going to throw out there? Who's going to step up and say, I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll become the gun czar. Yeah. It's, uh, um, or I'll run the ATF. It, you know, anyone who has that kind of ambition, um, um, uh, great. That's awesome. But, you know, what are your, what are your political leanings and mm-hmm. um, what agenda do you bring to the position? And I, and I think it was pretty obvious with Chip. Yeah. When it comes to politics, I think I would rather see a state of confusion. So like with, with the ATF, I would rather they stay in a state of confusion and they don't appoint anyone at all. Right. You know, and this has been going on for a little while. Trump couldn't do it. And I'm hoping maybe Biden can't do it. And we just keep all that. And even when it because I don't know what we get out of Republicans having a supermajority or the other way around of Democrats getting a supermajority. Right. Yeah, and I think that you've got evidence to support that because um, even though there have been some agendas that have clearly come out, uh, mm-hmm. uh, even this disorganized um, organization recently, mm-hmm. uh, they haven't accomplished as much as they would have liked. If you have someone who comes in with a very clear message and mm-hmm. gets everybody singing on the same sheet of music, that's more of a threat potentially. It doesn't necessarily have to be, if, but... Right more than likely they will because of the current administration. Yeah, especially on the other side for us. Like if we got someone on the on the right or someone that was conservative or believed in, sure. in the constitution and you know maybe I don't I don't have a lot of faith in that because that kind of happened already with Trump. Yeah. And we had that supermajority and all of these guys kept telling us to wait for the midterms and then in the midterms they all got their asses kicked. And I suspect right now the same thing's happening on the left, that they're all telling their their base, wait for the midterms and doing, they're trying to do stuff to keep them happy or whatever. And they're all saying, wait, for, wait for the midterms. And I hope <laughs> they get their asses kicked. Yeah. yeah you know, God, I hope. yeah, for the, it seems the best for us is that nothing happens and everyone stays in a state of confusion and no one can get their stuff together, you know, um, it, now, is that sustainable in the long term for America? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. You know, but 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 it seems to me that we almost have to break for us to to realize things. Look, we're, we've been dealing with this COVID thing. We're going into like shows. I was talking to Dave about this before we started. I, I, I said I said to uh, what did I say, Dave? Uh, do you think we're gonna, there's going to be a shot show? Shot show. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. You know, for the second, like for the second time, NRA canceled the NRAM, right? So, shot show. Probably by the time we get to to the beginning of next year, there's not going to be that because I see shows getting canceled all the time. And the amazing thing to me about it, Americans are still taking it. Yeah. You know that was kind of an interesting bet on timing, though, and I mm-hmm. and I want to say because. NRAM was originally scheduled, and I, I thought it was March, and they had gone back and sent out that reschedule, right? And then they canceled that and then cycled back and said, no, we're going to push it back because things are the way they are. And then it, it's kind of whether you're trending through those parabolas, right? We're either mm-hmm. high and things are bad now, the emergency mm-hmm. room is full, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, things are okay mm-hmm. and... Um, depending on where you're at, I think there was a time frame where NRAM could have potentially run and they wouldn't have gotten pressure from mm-hmm. various 
entities to not have it because of the COVID situation. But mm-hmm. when you have um, trending up, at least that's that's what appears to be happening, mm-hmm. then uh, it kind of puts it in a tough spot for them. And I think a lot of the people who are going to attend, the people who would bring money to that uh, event. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Dave would talk about this or not being the industry guy that's here um i never thought nram was gonna happen it, like outside of covid i didn't think it was gonna happen and my personal thought on it is from you know from from the rumors and, and as i'm saying rumors it was that a lot of these a couple of these board members i shouldn't say a lot but some of these board members were gonna get subpoenaed at nram the NRA guys. Okay. So just thinking about that, like with everything going on with the NRA, a lot of people, like I didn't want to go there. I know there's companies that don't want to go there, but of course there were a lot of companies that were set up to go and put their money up, but there was, there was that coming out. And I think in a, in a lot of aspects, it's convenient that the co- that COVID was used as an excuse. I'm not saying that companies didn't pull out because of COVID because they also have liability. If they send yeah. their folks there and people get sick and all that kind of stuff, at the the least case, you're ha- you have all these employees who are out, you know, um, for a while, and it, you're not being productive. But I think a, a element of that, there were some companies that probably didn't want to go and show any support for the NRA, and then all of this stuff was coming out that yeah, these guys are going to get hit. You know, I think the New York State Attorney General saw that as like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, let's show up on these guys and serve them with some mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if you guys have heard heard anything like that or want to comment on that. Not, not on the subpoena thing. That's pretty interesting. I, I kind of wasn't even thinking about that until you, you said it, that that would, would have made a uh, mm-hmm. interesting timing to go get these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't say that I've heard of any companies that were pulling out from that. Mm-hmm. There's always been the rumor of companies that were pulling out to show their lack of support for NRA. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it really was just COVID. I mean – we weren't pulling out. We were still geared up in. Um, mm-hmm. We literally were kind of hearing the list that was official going, dang, we're going to be like one of the yeah. biggest booths there then. I was like, <laughs> You're going to yeah, roll. Attendance, attendance is going to be down. It's going to kind of suck right. compared to normal years, but right. we'll take it. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And then once they pulled the final plug, I was like, okay, all right, I guess we, we, we're out. It's not happening. Yeah. Oh, so you guys yeah. were in no matter what. Like, we, we're we were in. still in. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were still in. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and we were planning on attending too. We were looking at the floor map and looking at where all the vendors were, mm-hmm. and um, you know, unofficially hearing that this one left and this one left yeah. and this one left, and it was all the giant booths, right? It was like the really that big list got big. Too. First, it was like five big guys, <laughs> then ten big guys, then fifteen. Oh, yeah, that was enormous. <laughs> yeah, and so we were like, oh, I don't, I don't know, because. Uh, at what point there, there's a tipping point, right? Mm-hmm. Where there it's, it's not going to be worth it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it eventually died a uh, thousand cuts, but I wanted to address the subpoena issue real quick. Mm-hmm. I heard absolutely nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hearing about it now, I wouldn't say that it was impossible. Certainly unlikely, I think just because out of state subpoenas are pretty difficult to serve. I mean, you have to have, go through a series of hearings in order to justify them to 
the local jurisdiction where the case is being tried. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have to come out typically to the jurisdiction where the person is going to be and have another hearing and mm-hmm. try to uh, establish that this poor person is material to your case and mm-hmm. that they have there, you have the opportunity to serve them there. And, and typically, if you have someone who's related to the NRA, if um, they're in Texas, and but they live in Austin, say, you're not going to go and try to catch them at an event at, at uh, in Houston or Dallas. You're going to catch them where they live, where they work. So, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of I think that's unlikely. Mm-hmm. I certainly could be wrong, but just mm-hmm. I'm a little bit familiar with that out-of-state subpoena serving process. Yeah. I, yeah, and I don't know exactly how that would have worked in this situation. I know I was hearing it from multiple places, and the reason yeah. why I'm saying it's a rumor is because there's, uh, like, I spoke to to uh, to someone that said they own, they didn't have, they 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 were, there are actually board members where ex- some board members were expecting that, but you know there was no news that got printed on that because there was no corroboration of that whole situation but they like even yeah. for example i heard there were board members that were losing their indemnity so even nra wasn't covering them legally anymore and all kinds of weird stuff happening there and who knows who knows right we don't have a massive insight into what's going on at the nra it's a very locked in thing and wayne lapierre is pretty tightly controlling what's happening there uh, but I know I know that the people who I was talking to I have seen them talk about stuff before and it happened you know and this stuff was actually coming from what I hear from board members yeah and I'll uh, jump into the comments real quick Lynn mm-hmm. Holt asked about uh, serving out of state subpoenas mm-hmm. you can't uh, but mm-hmm. there are two judges that have mm-hmm. to be uh, have to be part of that process. A judge where the uh, originating where the subpoena originates, and then a judge who um, it has jurisdiction over where the witness lives, and mm-hmm. um, you have to get through both of them and prove that uh, their their value is is wholly uh, powerful enough to overcome the normal restrictions about serving out-of-state Yeah, so what do we know about the politics of, uh, this was the, NRAM was going to be in Houston. Uh, What's the politics of Houston? Is that, uh, do you think that it could be feasible there, that between New York City and Houston, they could make, or New York State, and even Texas, that they can make those kinds of things? Or you're saying that would be highly unlikely, that they would make an agreement like that? You know, unless board members actually live there, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's unlikely. If a board member were somewhere else and they uh, came to Dallas or, or Houston, I, I just think it's unlikely. What about what about in a civil situation? Do you think like if there were civil suits and things like that, that that uh, that is more likely if it was a civil I'm situation? Less, yeah, I'm less familiar with the civil processes, mm-hmm. but um, you know, still out of state. Jurisdiction is is divvied up for a reason, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's going to be a process anytime you have a jurisdiction that wants to reach out and potentially have impact on another jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and of course, the people people have rights. So, mm-hmm. um, big mm-hmm. surprise there. A yeah. judge is going to want to hear why you think it is that you need to come into their state and subpoena somebody for a case. 
Yeah, uh, it would have now. to be some kind of cooperation there in order for it to be done. Yeah. And by the way, Sean, if people don't know, this is this was this was his thing. So he 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 would know about this. I'm sure he's locked up a couple of people in his, ta- in his days. Well, you know, the, the thing is, mm-hmm. I can tell you from the criminal standpoint, it's it has to be serious cases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like homicides. If you have someone who's a witness in a homicide in the state of Florida, and they flew out to New Mexico, and you could locate them, and you could say, hey, this person was a material witness, they saw this, they could mm-hmm. testify to information that could potentially convict a killer, then that judge in Florida is going to look at that process, they're going to review it, and they're going to say, okay, I agree, I think this uh, witness is material, uh, mm-hmm. you can go forward to New Mexico. But then you have to reach out to where the judge is in New Mexico, mm-hmm. of, of the witness, where they live, okay. and then you have to say, hey, judge, uh, we would like to come and serve this person, and you have a show cause here. And what mm-hmm. happens there is you actually serve the person uh, a, a demand order or a subpoena to get them to come to the show cause hearing. And then the judge listens to you as the prosecutor to say, Hey, we want this person to come back to Florida and we want them to testify in this homicide case. And then the judge says, okay, I want to hear why you think they're so important. Then the prosecutor provides that information, but then <laughs> the opportunity. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the witness has the opportunity to say, hey, judge, I get it. I realize that I'm an important witness in this case, but I have an elderly mother that I'm uh, caring for, and I, it would be uh, too difficult for me to return. And, uh, and so then ultimately the judge has to weigh that out and, mm-hmm. and consider the witness's uh, you know, obligation. Right. Do. Okay. It would be interesting. I, I would be, yeah, I would be very interested to see what happens with the what comes out of this in the future and i know that nra was trying to switch uh weren't they trying to switch over to texas in the first place but that was denied they were trying to switch yeah, the um, yeah, the uh, incorporation right there are the yeah. articles of incorporation i think mm-hmm. were originally uh new york and i believe they were trying to transfer. yeah they were trying to and they got denied right i think um uh texas denied them that I don't know. I don't yeah. know about it. Yeah. If um, someone if, if someone knows about this better, this because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's always jumbled up in the back of my brain. But I believe it was Texas. First of all, you can't get in trouble and then switch everything. So you can't be registered in New York City. And then when you get in trouble, go, hold on a second. Or New York, let's say, right? Because I think they're registered in, now. in New York. Yeah, yeah. you know what? We're, we don't want to be registered in New York anymore. <laughs> We're registered in Texas. Yeah, it doesn't really happen like that. So I wasn't surprised when that got denied. Um, so you can't, once you get in trouble, you can't do that. Yeah, not since like the 1930s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not since people were still riding horses into town. Uh, right. You can't just go to a different town and use a different name. Yeah, uh, that yeah. Work out. That that whole thing is gonna be man. It's gonna be a fiasco when we see it finally. By the way, Simon says train is out there. He says what's up to Dave. Um, <laughs> what's up, Tony? Yeah, let's see. There's another legal thing that's out. So let me see. I'm gonna switch over to that right now, unless someone else has uh something else. Um, I actually saw a military arms channel made uh made a post about this. Um, let me see if I could pull this up here. So, here we go. This is on MLN News also. U.S. military court rules bump stocks are not machine guns. The United States Navy Marine Corps uh, 
Court of Criminals Appeals has ruled that bump stocks are not machine guns in the United States. Uh, v. Um, Ali Alskahaz, I'm, I'm definitely messing that up. Uh, Marine Corps private um, was convicted of possessing two machine guns in violation of Articles 83, 107, 134 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. These machine guns that, private, uh, that the private had possessed were bump stocks. The private's defense counsel argued that bump stocks did not meet the federal definition of machine guns. The ruling is found here and embedded below. A three-panel, um, ju a three-judge panel agreed with the defense, unanimously ruled that bump stocks do not meet the definition of a machine gun. Um, and it goes, you know, it goes through all that stuff. Have you guys heard about that? That's awesome. No, not this one. That's no, awesome. Yeah. Um, now that's that's for for uh, military justice. Obviously, it's not settled yet. Here, I know that uh, Military Arms Channel is part of an ongoing case uh, involving that right now. Well, so I thought there was one recently that was ruled. A judge kind of did the same thing, said it was not part of a machine gun. Yeah, but I think they did. You know, um, I think they challenged it, and now it has to go on bonk or something like that. Okay. That's kind of like my recollection on that um you know i'm not i don't want to say that that this is what i expect but this is you know a bump stock is not a machine gun yeah it's a stock <laughs> you know it's, a it's not stock yeah it's not a machine gun it doesn't make you can't pull the trigger and hold the trigger back right and it works and that's the definition of a machine gun um unless these guys are able to change it and make whatever they want to into a machine gun just because they feel like it. So, um, you know. Well, that's the concern, right? That's what we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier. You, you, mm -hmm. When you have an organization that can potentially um, move the line of scrimmage, uh, change the rules of play, mm -hmm. then that, that's always a possibility. Uh, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. this ruling, even though it was uh, on the military side, it... it Still uh, can be accessed by, you know, civil courts and criminal courts um, in the in the civilian world, mm -hmm. and, and should be used to support our our case uh, mm -hmm. for making the argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I hope we've I, uh, eventually. I guess is the I think the Supreme Court is going to probably have to take up this whole thing. Um, eventually, going to have to. Yeah, I don't know. The Supreme Court isn't really taken up anything lately. Um, no, not not of anything of yeah, hugely concerning all the rest of us. Yeah, unless it's settled. Um, Forty two chilled says on bonk. Yeah, so I mean, it could get settled there. You know, especially if the Supreme Court says, "Hey, you guys need to settle this. We don't really want to have to take it up." But I mean, if this went all the way to the Supreme Court, there's no way that bump stocks are machine guns. There's no way. No, because they're not. I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's that complicated. Yeah. It's really not. It's so stupid. Yeah. You know, it's just like we were talking about this yesterday that um, there's the guy who was making the key card. You know, it's like a business card oh, that was yeah, engraved. Yeah, the, the lightning link thing. Yeah, with the lightning links. And that guy's <clears throat> been in jail. That, uh, we were talking about it yesterday since January. Shit. You know, all of his stuff been seized and all that for just like in etching those lightning links in a business card. Man. You know, and uh, we had John Crump on and he said because the ATF said that, yeah, in eight hours they were able to make it <laughs> into, 
you know, actual lightning links. Well, then that's not a machine gun. That's not, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eight hours, <laughs> you know, in a machine shop? That's not a machine gun. But so there's no way they can actually get away with stuff like that. And I think that would fall under the First Amendment because it's art. It's considered art, right? It's not... You know, it's not a machine gun until someone makes that into an actual right. lightning link. Cut it out. Yeah, that that can um, turn an AR into a machine gun. So, I don't know, man. Um, obviously, all of this stuff has to go through the courts. Yeah. To get you know to get settled, just like you guys. I think uh, Sean was mentioning um, the rare breed trigger. Have you guys? Has anyone actually shot it? Because I haven't. Anyone here? I okay, haven't. Dave. Dave, oh, Dave got it. Yeah, Dave, you're our expert. Tell us about this thing. Uh, we know you don't have one, just in case. I don't no, know I don't have one. Yeah. I was actually with, I was actually with Tony Simon. I was with Tony Simon. I went oh, his, Tony uh, Simon. Oh, uh, oh I don't think didn't. Tony Simon has one either. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, there was, no. was a guy uh, attending his uh, diversity shoot. I right. Uh -huh. that was, um, I don't know what it was like. Well, this is September now. Beginning of, mm -hmm. beginning of August. Uh, I went out mm -hmm. in his neck of the woods. And one of the guys, one of the guys there had it, and I thought it was just like a binary trigger. Who somebody got a really good, you know, cadence mm -hmm. going with it, and he explained to me with the forced reset. Which the funny part is, is, I'm pretty sure I've shot a forced reset trigger before. On it was an Olympic shooter's 22 pistol, mm -hmm. because as I pulled that trigger, it was an electronic trigger on top of that. It kicked my finger back out, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. This thing reminded me of that. I mean, there was a forced kickback. But because I know, you know, from running my guns, where to hold the finger, mm -hmm. you know, your finger still is still moving. It's moving mm -hmm. every single time. But, mm -hmm. Oh man, does it shoot fast? It's okay. it's insane. Yeah, it's from I've only seen videos of it. I'm sure you, you've only seen the videos as well, Sean, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know um, Jackie Billings covered it for mm -hmm. uh, Pupic Tactical. Mm -hmm. Wrote a, a pretty nice piece with some uh, in depth information on it, but none of, none of our folks had had hands on with it, so. Mm -hmm. Interesting, Dave. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting case. Yeah, it's, you know, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. You know, I would I would say that it's probably if if your finger actually has to come back and then come back again, I would say that it's not a machine gun. This is the definition, right, of what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the very simple definition is one trigger pull, one shot fired. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if mm -hmm. we could oversimplify it, that's what the AFT is uh, mm -hmm. telling us. So mm -hmm. I think the <laughs> the fun or interesting thing about that is mm -hmm. if that is the rule, then we are going to have manufacturers, inventors, entrepreneurs, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Necessary human beings. Yes. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then mm -hmm. you won't mind if I can create this, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's innovation. That's if that's the rule, and we mm -hmm. have a, a clear playing field, and mm -hmm. that's what's established. Then wonderful. We stay within that, and sometimes you're going to have to get a ruling on those devices. Like, mm -hmm. and we've, we've seen that. I mean, the bump stops mm -hmm. was kind of another example of that. But, but mm -hmm. the the thing that I fear is that because we have all this um, effort to step right up to that line and say, okay, mm -hmm. we agree to those rules too. 
we're, we're creating a product that adheres to those rules. And then they're going to be like, uh, that kind of looks like a machine gun to me. You know, yeah. it's not by that definition. If it doesn't walk over that line, it's good with me. Right. <laughs> That's right. all. Exactly. 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 You know? But on yeah. the other side of things, you know, they're, hey, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> For sure. Be, uh, watching carefully. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be watching that. Look, I hope uh, I hope that the rare breed guys are able to uh, kick asses. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, so. I really do. <laughs> you know, it's uh, definitely a potential to set a precedent. Yeah, right. I mean, um, we we had that with the bump stocks. The bump stocks, that was a precedent because they went away, and then they were like, mm, no, that's mm, not we, a machine we don't like gun. these things. Yeah, we yeah. don't like these now. Right. Right. Yeah. We gotta yeah. get rid of the. We gotta get rid of the bump stocks. The bump stocks gotta go. But then they came back and like, no, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's not that's not a machine gun. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping this uh, comes out in their favor, just like I hope in a lot of these different cases, so that we could stop a lot of this crap that's going on out there. I, I think that you know the whole idea of um, you know machine guns being um, you know. NFA items or you know you can't you can't have access to it that's nonsense we should get rid of that same thing with the same thing with the brace with the pistol brace you know I hope that we win on the pistol brace thing and they realize that the whole idea of SBRs is stupid that you have to you know register these things and all kinds of nonsense that that we've been going through I mean it's none of these none of these things that they're attempting to do are effective, right? It's the same conversation that we have about suppressors, man. There's still states where people cannot get suppressors. Yeah, it's just nuts. Yeah, you know, and that just should not be a thing, you know. And it's just, yeah. I I really believe that, it, like, I'm not saying this just to, you know, like with a wink or anything like that. It's a it's a health issue. Like, I have tinnitus, <laughs> and I personally believe every single gun should have a suppressor on it. You have tinnitus yeah. also. I'm I'm sure you yeah, do. Yeah, man. I, I can tell you that, you know, like 15 years of driving emergency vehicles without ear protection, mm-hmm. shooting mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I always wear ear protection, but yeah, it's uh, it's very real. Yeah. And um, I I don't want to damage it any further. And there's always that uh, potential. Did you hear, Hank? I'm I'm assuming you did about the uh, recent legislation in Texas. Um, where manufacturers in Texas won't have to uh, go through the uh, stamp process for, yeah. for sales. I heard about that. I mean, we, we that's supposed to be in uh, Kentucky as well, I think, right? Although Kentucky allowed some federal agents to go in there and lock up some people. I didn't hear about that one yet, mm-hmm. and I don't know where the one in Texas sits, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's potentially very interesting to me as a newly minted resident of Texas. Oh okay. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, my understanding, like if it's if it's yeah. made in Texas and you live in Texas, no tax stamp, no nothing. You just buy over the counter like you would anything else. Which, yeah, yeah. And, and it's exciting, it's awesome. man. I mean, there's uh, you know, Radical has some suppressed products out there. I know mm-hmm. with Machine, um, there, there's a there's some folks here in Texas that do a lot of fun things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see how that pans out. I'm, mm-hmm. I know that the feds will probably want to have a say, but um, Texas kind of doesn't give a uh, crap. 
Yeah. Well, so whenever I talk to whenever I talk to um, to legal guys about this, or you know, just folks that are interested in these kinds of things in general, we always have to make sure that there's actual teeth. I think there was a case which we've spoken about here in the past in Kentucky, or at least two cases where Kentucky, I think, has the same thing. But there were federal agents that came in there and locked up people, and I believe one of the guys. Uh, was in the military or something like that, and he's locked up behind it. I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, I'm sure the folks out there in the chat will remind me of exactly what that was. Um, but yeah, there's there's cases where they go after people, and I, so I hope with Texas they've actually put some teeth in there, and Texas is not gonna gonna allow uh, folks to come in there and lock people up on that, as we've seen happen uh, in Kentucky. So um, I would have to pull that up, which I could probably do. Um, or if someone out there has the link so I can bring that up for you guys. Here's what I want to do. Two things, though, before I do that. One, John Crump wants me to plug his uh, fundraiser that he has going on. That's on Saturday. So Saturday evening sometime, John, uh, John Crump's going to be doing a live fundraiser. And um, I'll, I'll share some stuff with you guys. I think I'll be there. Walter will be there from Safety Harbor Firearms giving away some cool stuff or whatever. So if you guys want to know more about that, you got to go check out John Crump Live and we'll get that. So I got that up. And then two, while I'm looking this up, uh, okay, our App Appalachian Gunrunner says Kansas, Hank, not Kentucky. There you go. He lives in Kentucky. It's not Kentucky. Oh, okay. It's Kansas. Damn. He says, I always say Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it was Kentucky. I'd be moving south. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky, Kansas. Okay, so it's Kansas that that happened. So I think Kansas had some um, thing like that, and uh, it happened. And John Crump, he gave us some money here. We'll, money, 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 money. He says, uh, money. <laughs> he, <laughs> he says he's going to be giving away 18 P80 kits, two 80% lowers. Uh, hold on, some let's see, some S three SHF lowers, body armor, eighty percent SIG kit books, Saturday night at eight p.m. Um, Eastern time. There you go. And um, John Crump right. says it's the Kelter case in Kansas. Jeremy Kelter. Okay, so let me mm -hmm. see. I'll look that up. So while I'm looking it up here, Sean, you uh, you're talking about Pew Pew Tactical. We didn't get a chance to get into this last time you were on. You hadn't retired yet, so you want to tell folks like what exactly happened here with the retirement? Congratulations on that. And I guess you're working for Pew Pew Tactical now. Yeah. So uh, 22 and a half years of law enforcement. I did my last seven and a half at a uh, DA's office. Uh, during that time, I was writing for a lot of different publications. Uh, one of them was Police One. I was uh, started at PP Tactical in 2018 and um, wrote for some print uh, publications too, like the Glock Annual, uh, Gun World, and American Survival Guide. And then uh, even Guns.com just kind of got around to a few different venues and learned a few different styles of writing. And... Things have been rough for law enforcement over the last couple of years. Uh, they've been rough for a lot of folks. But it got me thinking about this fun thing that I did on the side. You know, I would write on the weekends, um, sometimes at night, but, but typically on the weekends. And I would go out and shoot and uh, started attending events and, you know, having a lot of fun. And I realized that... 
um, after all the years of uh, helping folks, you know, get through some sometimes some really terrific stuff. Uh, it, it was not as fun for me anymore, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of problems that I was seeing repeated were not improving. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an amazing opportunity come up. The folks at Pew Pew reached out and uh, they said, "Hey, you know, we're looking for somebody to do uh, business development." and uh, work on relations. And interestingly enough, that's one of the things that as a freelance writer, you have to be able to do that. You you don't necessarily have someone who's there in the mill making connections for you and saying, oh, here, take this project, uh, connect with David Barnall, he'll he'll get you everything that you need, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta track Dave down on your own. (laughs) Good good luck. And you know this, I mean, you've been through this, because um, when we start out, Mm -hmm. the word we hear a lot of times is no, right? We Mm -hmm. hear no a lot, like, and I really like to review this product of yours, I think it would be really cool on my channel. Uh, no, I mean sometimes you don't even get the response. No, you just you don't hear anything. So, so they asked me to come on board and uh, had to relocate to Austin, Texas, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was cool with that. Um, Austin's a cool town. Uh, Texas is an awesome state, and um, Pew Pew Practical is an amazing organization. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a lot of good relationships with folks in the industry and uh, cover a lot of really cool products. And uh, I've now consolidated my efforts. Uh, I don't work on the weekends anymore. I focus strictly on relationships and uh, I still write reviews. I still write articles. Um, I have a column on tactical that is called the blue brief that mm-hmm. specifically deals with law enforcement issues and, and the whole the whole topic is um, here, here's what it's like from from this standpoint from this side of uh, things and, and I think that the origin origin behind it was you got a lot of processes and procedures in law enforcement that do not allow public commentary I can tell you that there was a case out of Fort Collins a while back that there was a young lady uh, who was being a little bit obnoxious in town and um, she was contacted by the police and the police gave her, um, when they figured out that she had committed a crime, they indicated to her that she was under arrest and the officer told her multiple times Turn around, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. You're going to jail. And um, the the fascinating thing, right, and this is optics, right? We go back to perception is reality. What the world saw was from a couple of guys sitting at the bar, turned around with their phone and started filming just as the officer swept her leg and took her arm and took her down to the ground, right? Now... Fascinatingly, she was almost back up on her feet and fighting within a matter of seconds. They finally effected the arrest and got her into custody. But this snippet of, uh, of a situation came out and it went viral. It was all over. It made it on the uh, national news. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, of course, headlines come out, you know, police officer using force to effect arrest. 
uh, oh, this big officer, big male officer is, you know, throwing a uh, skinny young female to the ground. And there's no context, zero context. Mm -hmm. Because there's an active investigation, right? Now there's more than one active investigation. Because now we have an issue. Now we have a situation where a citizen has been arrested and uh, force has been used to effect that arrest. So the DA's office went, we got nothing to say. We are currently investigating this, right? Well, there's a reason for that. And, And the reason is when we have an investigation going on, we can't say anything about it, right? We, we can't make an, uh, an explanation. We can't offer any opinions about it because mm-hmm. we have to follow the facts. And so what ended up happening is almost nothing from the DA's office. There was no comment. And that video ran. And it ran like wildfire, right? Mm-hmm. And so it became part of this collective narrative. Yeah, of court of public opinion. Yeah, and everything that the police are doing wrong. And um, let me be honest with everybody here. I'm the last person to say that the police uh, are perfect. We certainly have things that uh, we can improve in. But uh, my my idea behind the blue brief was there's a lot more to the story here. And, And because of what law enforcement goes through, we don't get to talk about it. We don't get to say, oh, in fact, uh, when the DA's office reviewed that case, they looked at the body cam, which went on for several minutes, mm-hmm. and the officer pleaded with the, this young lady. Oh. And the mm-hmm. last thing he said was, please don't make me do this. Right mm-hmm. Now, I don't like to think about using force. So I don't like to think about using force with anybody if I don't have to. But um, she was actually charged with a couple of crimes and later convicted. She fought it and, of course, went on the national news to say, oh, yeah, they came in and they did whatever and I was thrown to the ground and it hurt and I was embarrassed and I was upset. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole other reality that was recorded on that body. And that's what, I mean, that's what we expect people to say. I mean, let's be honest, you know, sure. any any yeah. of us out there, no matter what we say, if we somehow get arrested and, and, it, went, and it goes viral... <laughs> your lawyer's yeah, telling I mean, you, hey, this is viral. You got to go in there. Yeah, you know, the, the, they were mean to me. Right? To justify your actions. You went, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he said something about my mother, so I went anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But, right. but the reality is um, law enforcement is kind of hamstrung by a lot of the procedures that we adhere to. So mm-hmm. um, I'm cut free of those. I don't mm-hmm. have to do those anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got to be fun. <laughs> Clearly it feels yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are a lot of things that sitting here wearing this shirt, I'm still not going to say. Mm-hmm. But um, when I get on my keyboard and I can mm-hmm. tell you stories about things that happened and how they affected me, how they affected the people that I work with, mm-hmm. um, it's cool. And I, and I really like to think that you know, it doesn't matter if uh, what color you are, what creed you are, where you come from, what religion you uh, subscribe to. Uh, I feel like if people sit down and they have a conversation and they get to understand each other a little bit, mm-hmm. you may not agree, but but at least you kind of get a better perspective of where uh, someone is coming from. And I agree with that, yeah. 
when when people get to at least hear the other side, um, then they think, okay, maybe maybe I'm not so immediately going to be judgmental about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not curing anything, but um, I think that at least from my own perspective, it's it's somewhat uh, cathartic for me to get in there and say. Oh man, you guys would probably have a bad reaction if you saw this happening, but mm. here's what led up to those events. And then here's even what happened afterward that, you know, no one cared about anymore because it wasn't a salacious tale by then. Yeah. I think it's I think um respect should always go in both directions with all Absolutely. of us when we're dealing with each other. I think police officers should be respectful, which like in this case you're you're saying the guy maybe was even <laughs> too respectful and obviously the person, you know, on on your everyone has to be respectful. Once we lose that or once one person loses that, that's how we get into a perfect storm of situations, you know? And a lot of things can and are usually avoided when we're dealing with each other just by being respectful. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and some of the topics that I've covered um, are, are kind of wild, kind of crazy. Uh, I talked about advocating for yourself and uh, when, when dealing with law enforcement, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean I pay your salary, you know. Because <laughs> that, that always works. Yeah. You necessarily <laughs> could advance your, through mm-hmm. your situation. But uh, I do believe firmly that uh, people have a right to uh, customer service when it comes to interacting with law enforcement, particularly if you've been the victim of a crime. Now, if you're the reason that law enforcement showed up in the first place, it might be a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, especially if you're the victim of a crime. And in this one article that I wrote, um, we had a situation where some troopers contacted a guy who was uh, at a campground um, and dove into a tent and then a shot was fired. Now the troopers ran and they called for backup and we had to kind of figure out what happened from there. And, and I can tell you uh, as the Lieutenant at the time, that was a great responsibility. And uh, I had never heard uh, of anybody that I'd worked with in SWAT, of someone breaching a tent, like the idea of you guys. Said, yeah, I remember you saying you told this. Yeah, you had to breach a tent, <laughs> battering <laughs> ram. So I finally wrote that article and uh-huh. uh, got, got to put it up, and uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, without worrying about oh my my agency is not going to be happy about this if I write mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's out there now, so that was cool. Yeah. I know sometimes people get like touchy when we have these conversations, but I think it's a good conversation to have. And if you're free to do it, we'll work out some stuff. Maybe we'll have like a panel with uh, with, with mostly, uh, you know, police officers or former oh, yeah. law enforcement and awesome. stuff like that. We'll do some stuff. Yeah. I think it's good yeah. to have these kind of conversations. People hate like, for example, people really get mad when Vincent Sheffaloo comes on. Right. Uh, because he was an ATF agent. Everyone just wants to hate him. He's literally he, he's literally on our side. Like I follow him on Facebook. Vince right. is one of you guys. <laughs> he's he, he he has the same like he gets mad about the same things, all of that kind of stuff. Like he's yeah. been railing against Biden and all of the you know everything that's going on. Right? He hates David uh, Chipman, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But people are like, oh, why you have this ATF agent on here? And no one's perfect. Everyone has their point of view. I think sometimes we just need to listen to people, even though we don't agree with them 100%. Yeah, specifically because we don't agree with them. 
right? Mm -hmm. If the cognitive dissonance that that continues to grow only if we um, don't listen to each other. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, I feel like that's a kind of a microcosm of our entire country right now. It's it's reflective of of a lot of things that have Mm -hmm. happened. And because we haven't been able to stop and put our uh, preconceived notions aside uh, and listen to that other side, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to, things aren't going to improve if we stop listening. Yeah. If we can have conversations and take it easy and, and allow ourselves to make mistakes and, you know, you don't have to die on the hill of something. You listen to the other person. You know, you don't have to change your mind either. You're not going to get hypnotized. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it, it's been interesting. I mean, yeah. um, coming over to Pew Pew Tactical has been great for me. Um, it's a really great team. Uh you know, the organization is enormous, and I, I just want to brag briefly about the efforts that, that these guys have put together. It mm-hmm. started by uh, Eric Hung and his wife, Paula, and um, Eric got into guns, and he wasn't the typical guy that was raised around guns and was out hunting on the weekends and, mm-hmm. and doing stuff. He got into it, and he realized that he didn't know a whole lot about it, but he was really interested and keen to learn, and um, man... He started a blog after several people who were similar to him, friends of him, were asking him questions. Like suddenly he became the expert, right? Uh, <laughs> okay. And the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Right, right. <laughs> so Eric says, I'm going to start a blog. Let me, let me start a blog. So he started writing about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say it was like 2016, 17, somewhere in there. TP Tactical got started, um, going to events, um, reviewing products, and just growing a knowledge base. And one of the coolest things about it that, that I enjoy is that it was almost antithetical to the gun counter commando. Mm-hmm. Right? The guy that's going to uh, tell your wife that she needs a 38 or, um, you know, shotgun. Just rack the shotgun. Don't have ammo in there. Yeah, you don't even no. need ammo in the shotgun. Just rack it. And, and oh, I've gone. The crackheads will jump out windows. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Fire two blasts outside the door. Uh, oh, Biden approach. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I've gone through like several of the articles over the years, and and I've contributed quite a few mm. and. I really like the approach, the tone. I still hear gun stores giving that advice. Oh, sure. Oh, that's never going to end. No, it won't end. No. Mm. But, you know, I learned to write uh, print and that's very formal and um, that's uh, a a very specific approach. But PP Tactical is is like your buddy uh, that knows a little bit more about guns than you do. And you can safely go to them without feeling demasculated and learn about firearms and the information that you're going to get it's not SWAT level, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be like so high end that you're, Oh my God. But mm-hmm. we would talk about very basic stuff and, uh, and the knowledge is solid. It's good. It's, it's good mm-hmm. information. Pew Pew Tactical, and, I think has grown to be a pretty big, um, organization in, in the last several years. I know, I think that we've talked about them. There's been some controversies, you know, I, I'm not aware of any controversy, we've, we've, uh, but I'm, 
uh, gun gun people, there's always. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I can never deny any controversy. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I think that they've grown pretty fast and it's a pretty big organization at this point, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, mm-hmm. some, some of the basic numbers, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, like unique views a month, unique visits a month. That's, that's one mm-hmm. of the ways that, uh, websites are rated and, uh, we peaked around 6 million and, okay. uh, that is, that's, that's enormous. What's and the, I'm what's the specific, yeah. What's the specific, I didn't, uh, do anything. I didn't is, have anything to do with it. Uh, are they on I social media? They're on social They're media. On social what's media. the, what's their Instagram? So it's Pew Pew Tactical. Uh, not underscore, right? No. Yeah. Uh, tactical. yeah. And, um, I'm trying to find recently, it because there's some other ones out there. Right. We've had uh, a pretty big presence on uh, YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our videos there hit pretty well. We've got John and, of course, Johnny B. You know Johnny B. Mm-hmm. He does videos mm-hmm. for us there. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a whole covey of uh, freelance writers mm-hmm. that uh, come from different backgrounds and they still hit that that a very approachable tone mm-hmm. and provide information uh, mm-hmm. about gun reviews and um, and one of the strongest things about PP Tactical is the SEO. Um, Eric is a is a master at that. So like if you if you pick your favorite gun, if we've reviewed it uh, and you punch it into Google just as an organic search, mm-hmm. it, it will probably rank number one or certainly within the first few results. Okay. So the biggest place is the website. I'm taking it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure the folks out there are already following it. I'm just gonna try to pull it up here and um, see if we can show off something. For you. So you're you're what you're doing? Are you over a bunch of different things here or specific? Um, you know, I, I maintain a lot of the same roles that I've done before. Like, um, I'm mm-hmm. going to be doing some videos. Um, I still write. Uh, mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'll do product reviews. Okay. But one of my main responsibilities is uh, interacting with companies and um, working on those relationships and just maintaining good relationships. When um, companies have a new release, I want to be the person that they reach out to and say, hey, we would like you to cover this and uh, review this potentially for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have things, you know, events that come up, um, I want to I want to be the person that would be the point of contact, you know, that can reach out to our uh, freelance guys when they say, "Hey, I need a contact at this gun manufacturer, and I haven't been able to reach anyone." You know, I've I've been working in the industry for a few years now, and and if I don't know that person specifically, I typically know a few people that I can reach out to and find out. And, and I use LinkedIn a lot. Um, the funny thing is my stalking skills that I developed as a law enforcement officer have been oh, boy. very yeah. valuable to me. Yeah, I feel um, sorry for these. <laughs> I feel sorry for these people now. <laughs> I'm on you, Hank. I'm on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you a subpoena in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Oh geez, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, let's see. I don't know if there's any specific questions about that. I would definitely uh, the folks who are out there, if you've got some uh, questions, 
let us know if you've got questions either for Sean or Dave here. If you've got, uh, you know, um, Dave is also at High Point, just for any, if you guys, if you guys don't know, you know, I'm sure someone's going to, someone's going to, you know what people are going to ask about. Someone's going to ask about, oh, okay. No one, no one's gonna ask about the yeet cannon. That's not gonna. Happen. I was gonna say yeet cannon was on the yeah. tip of my tongue. <laughs> you had to say it. You had, you had to say it, didn't you? You had to say it. Yeah. What's the word, Dave? I can't. I can't actually out. have you on without at least asking you. You know. I mean, it's coming along. Coming along. Okay. It's coming along. Right? <laughs> That's the. <laughs> well, fine, 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 fine. How this? Yes, yeah. it is coming along. Truthfully, we are mm-hmm. working on it. It will be mm-hmm. out because now the like the most current. You know, Instagram, Facebook comments are they're they're not even developing this thing anymore. It's just a joke. They're not even doing it. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually, we really are. It's just it's at the point. There's very very slow and little small things that you finish that it's not excited to talk about. Hey, look, we got the new Magrely Springs are in. Nobody nobody cares. We're not going to mm-hmm. talk about that. We're just going to let it sit and let it be. But we're working on it. Yeah, it's the high there. the high point design that's out there now. How long the for the pistols? How long has that been out? I mean. How long did it take to develop that? I mean, the current uh, that I couldn't tell you. I have yeah. no idea. That's that's way before my time. Right. But I mean, the handguns—they've not changed in twenty-five yeah. years, something like yeah. that. I mean, so, it's been yeah. a long time. So now to, to go yeah. to start over new, yeah, it's it's an endeavor. But again, mm-hmm. you can't tell the internet that they don't care. You know? Yeah, they Brian just want their product now. Yeah, Brian <laughs> Quick says vaporware just like AK fifty. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's you, right. you know what, you know what? the y will be out and I believe we will see the AK-51 one of these days too okay yeah uh, sport brand <laughs> says I care he says uh, I need a high point bad so there you go um, so let's see um, caring. yeah listen um, I'm pretty sure Brandon is working on that AK-50 I've seen videos it's, it's first of all it's going to take a long time to develop that and I would like to know who it of out of us or even in the audience is going to be able to buy one of those AK-50s, okay? That's going to cost car money regardless. Not I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not I. Car so, <laughs> money. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. Well, that's gonna. That thing's gonna be at least. Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm gonna say it's gonna used. be. Huh? Certified used. Yeah. Certified um, used. Twenty-five point inspection. Certified yeah. use. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be some serious money for an AK-50. But it's interesting yeah. to look at them developing it. I've seen Brandon put out videos. It's in, you know, it's moving along in in uh, the stage of development. And I know he's put up videos of him shooting it and stuff like that. But when they'll actually be out there for sale, I don't know. But I'll be willing to bet that you will see the actual Yeet Cannon from High Point come out. Yep, we have it from Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. I put money it's on coming. that. <laughs> um, Kiaski. Yeah. If Dave said it, we will hold him. <laughs> we will hold him to that. You know? Um, all I know is when it comes out, I, be- I better see one show up. <laughs> oh, you, come, on, come on. You know you'll have Dave. one. Because I will that. be crying. I'll, I'll make a YouTube video with a piece of paper folded to look like a yeet cannon. <laughs> but see, you know what's gonna happen though. We'll get we'll get uh-huh. Ekens out to everybody that want to review them, you know. And if there's some like an embargo date on when you can drop your reviews, you guys are all gonna get called shills by us. Yeah, because, because everyone's you know, gonna put it out. Date. Yeah, on the same day. I you know. know that's what's gonna know. happen. It's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. There's no. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> there's no way around that. <laughs> you're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, 
look, people said the dagger would never come out. The dagger's out now. It, there was there was some things. I think when you're developing these things and putting them out there, if you put out something that there's a problem with, it will take you a long time to reverse that. And that's exactly what we don't want to have happen. We yeah. don't want to have any kind of, you know, recall issue or some inline change issue or any of that crap. We want this thing to come yeah. out and be as flawless as it can be, you know, yeah, and just I, run. I know a lot of companies have um, regretted that run to release, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's like software companies now. When you hear about a hot new game that's coming out, mm -hmm. and um, they're really <laughs> they're really excited to get it out, and uh -huh. then they give a release date, and then oh crap, you know, final beta wasn't that good, so they had to go back to the drawing board. Firearms mm -hmm. uh, are, are more important than that. You know, I mean, this is potentially this is a, this is a controlled explosion device. Mm -hmm. Bingo! <laughs> if you don't get mm -hmm. that right, uh, the, the potential risk is is enormous. So mm -hmm. I, I don't fault anyone who wants to continue developing and testing until they are very happy and comfortable with it. Yeah, and even when internally, and this is like, I'm just saying this, right? I don't have any kind of info from Dave on this. We haven't had these discussions like publicly or even privately. But even when the company is feels like they're done, they need to send it out to some people with a lot of ammo and say, test this thing, maybe, you know, uh, non-disclosure or whatever, and say, put this through whatever you want to before they even still comes out. And that's going to slow it down for it coming out for folks. But I would still right. say do something like that, you know? Um, you know what, Hank? I think that presents an opportunity. It might be rather... Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that they... We Dave, create an institute yeah. where all we did is collect a few people together and mm -hmm. we could be the clearinghouse for a lot of these companies, you know, like Dave, Entrepreneur, Spirit. He's going to have that whole idea of the yeet cannon mm -hmm. is going to send it to us when he's finally happy with it and we're just going to absolutely beat the yeah, it. it better come with 10,000 rounds of ammo <laughs> I don't care if it's I don't care In if it's this ammo climate come on uh, start reloading now baby. yeah and I'm going to edit that video to make it look I'm going to shoot about 100 rounds and make it look like 10,000 I'll just edit it yeah right yeah just I'll put it on loop mags dropping out <laughs> yeah remember remember on Star Wars where they did the with the, yes. yeah, I'll just, just do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep that big looping. Like, oh yeah, we did, we did ten thousand rounds. Sure, Dave. <laughs> um, Kiaski says, is the hype around Yeet Cannon still going to be a thing when the gun comes out? Uh, I think the what? The hype, the hype around it. Because oh, you guys, had, oh. yeah, you guys had a lot of hype around it. Um, but it, did we really do that much hype, or just the internet kind of hype it up itself? Um, God, Dave, as you already funny. know, this is what happens with all high points. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> okay. I know. This is the gun that uh, people in America love to hate. <laughs> we, and that's just the thing. We have, we have no worry of that. The gun's going to come out. Haters are, the haters are still going to hate us. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll flip a few with the Yeet Cannon. Our fans are still going to love us. They're going to love the gun even more. And we'll mm -hmm. probably pick up some new people in between. So, yeah. not that worried go. about it. You know, yeah. It is win, what it win. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think every gun guy worth their salt should at least have a, a high point right now. I know I, I've, I've got one. I bought one used. I mean, 
you know you should you should have it and that and at least you know what you're talking about even if i'm not saying you're supposed to love it or say it's awesome but what drives right. me crazy is when a guy goes yeah you know i never had one of these i never fired it but i have some friends who told me no you need to find out yeah. on your own your own experience <laughs> yeah what that thing is so like i bought one used because i was doing a series of videos a long time ago to see can you buy a gun for a hundred bucks and the pistol that I got was a high point. And I got it for less than 100 bucks. used, bought it from a pawn shop, and uh, it worked. Like, we, were, I was shooting a bunch of different guns that didn't work. <laughs> you know, that cost more money than that, but it worked. The mistake right. I made with it, which I would say to people, uh, don't, don't clean it. Um, <laughs> so I went to, like, take it apart to take clean it, it and some stuff came out of there and magically disappeared and was never ever found again and here's the funny thing i called up high point and they were like yeah uh what's your address <laughs> and they sent me the they sent me those parts and i was able to put it together and i still have that gun nice you know and i and i tell people buy one shoot it and then you know listen we need the yeet cannon because it needs to the ergonomics and stuff like that needs to get better without a doubt you know what i'm saying and it's got a face that only a mother could love. I understand this, you know. Well, so somewhat it needs... of an urban legend at this point. Yeah, well, you know, Glock, Glock I mean, it's, forty. It's got to be material. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a Glock forty, it's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> that'll never, that'll never die. <laughs> no, that's never gonna die. That's never yeah. gonna die. So, I mean, I think. It's how I feel about things, you know, like you should at least uh, have these things and experience them and stuff like that. And, you know, if if you guys are able to put out this Yeet Cannon and have it be in that area, the same price category and everything, we're talking about a massive leap forward. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, feature for yeah. feature pack, you know, it's still that entry level price point. It's. Mm -hmm. There's still there's still nothing else will be in that category. I mean, it yeah. just won't be. I mean, yeah. sure you can have smaller guns that are in that price range, but not with every feature that's in that Yeet cannon. It's just mm -hmm. it's just not there yet. I mean, yeah. So and then we're still looking at what we saw like two shot the last time we were allowed to have a shot show, which was two two years ago. There were two versions, 19. right? There was a no. We had, I had, I had five pre-production prototypes. Out okay. At, uh, it was twenty no twenty twenty shot. Yeah. Twenty twenty shot. Last in one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time we had one. Yeah, there were a couple of different things because I know I had you on a show. We were talking, so those different versions still coming out. No, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah. So I would just say, you know, hold your horses on it. Um, DCG forty fours says, uh, surely you have never heard this one. When will we see the five seven carbine? Yeah, I've heard that one a lot too. Yeah, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Every, every we, I mean, no joke. We have plans. We have plans for lots of things, mm -hmm. but all of that comes after the E Cannon. After yeah. the E Cannon, you're gonna see High Point do all kinds of new things. Okay. You know? Yeah. So we're not we're not gonna see a lot of new stuff right now when these guys are selling every single thing that's made. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's that. Yeah. I mean, I would suggest that they just make what they have right now. You know, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the best thing to stop your production when people are buying everything you make, right? And go to making another thing. So, and, and that's um, the thing too. You know, the the YC nine is going to be the, it's not. I mean, the the old the current C nine is not going away, mm -hmm. but its yeah. production numbers will drop significantly. 
The oh, YC9 okay. will be that new main flagship gun. And we will work on new things, but also we're not going to tell you about it until they're done because the mm. whole like fun of doing the YC9 and yeah. kind of like trying to talk about it obviously has not been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just because you run into issues and headaches and mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't share every little tidbit of information and people are getting annoyed by it because mm-hmm. we said we hope for a late 2019 release. Well, <laughs> it, it came and went. Sorry. It happened. It's I'm sorry. I got to laugh on that one. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, we knew it was going to come. It was like, oh, this kind of sucks. It's like, well. Mm-hmm. 2020 shots coming. What do we have? Oh, we yeah. Have well, I mean, you knew it. What you knew t- late 2019. Everyone knew. Well, you might not see this until 2020. No one was expecting 2020 to be an apocalypse. <laughs> no. Oh God, no. No. And that, so. yeah, that for sure causes its own headaches for us. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Hiding from that. I mean, it's just it's what it is. Yeah. And Sign Brian, a new gun and inside two years, please show us how to do it. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian Quick says the Cybertruck, AK-50, and Yeet Cannon are nice sentiments, but short on reality. Uh, see, huh. uh, you know, I want a Cybertruck. I'm going to get one. Yeah, I will. I will get one of those Cybertrucks five Dude, years I, from now. Dude, I, I want one. Out. Yeah, I don't care when it comes out. I'll have one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'll just wait. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and uh, shout out to some people out there that are just coming in. Um, and Sport Brand says 10,000 rounds could buy a new Kia. Okay. Hopefully prices don't last. Listen, we're, we're up. I, I can't believe it's after 9 o'clock already. I just actually oh, noticed shit. that. Like, yeah, we're having too much fun, obviously. Because <laughs> uh, time has gone past here really, really fast. Uh, Sport Brand says, how about a 17 HMR bullpup? Okay. Uh, yeah. You okay, could, interesting. Listen, right now you could, get a, you could get a high point bullpup. You just get the high point, get the kit. Yeah. Um, what is it? That's what mine's in. Yeah. <laughs> Hightower Armory. Hightower Armory. Yeah. Hightower Armory yeah. has a has a kit. Um, there's a 10 millimeter one. Mm-hmm. You know, out there you can get 45, all that kind of stuff. So, okay, listen, I'm I'm not gonna hold these guys because we're over nine o'clock. So we're gonna we're gonna have to cut it short, and we'll be back tomorrow. What I want to do though before we wrap it up here is I'm gonna let both of these gentlemen tell you guys uh, where you can go to follow them support them etc i am going to start with my friend sean curtis ppu tactical where can folks go to communicate with you or see some stuff that you're putting out there yeah and just go to pewpewtactical.com uh if you go in there and search my name sean curtis you can find the stuff that i'm linked up to but check out our gears uh our guides our um videos and reviews and stuff like that we also have a daily deals page that uh, has some pretty smoking uh, offerings for uh, people who are looking to buy gun-related gear. Awesome, awesome. Then let's go to Dave. Dave, same thing. Where can everyone go to ask you about the Yeet Cannon? Uh, <laughs> easiest way on that one, you know, highpointfirearms.com. Follow uh-huh. the social media links, whether Facebook right. Instagram. I mean, we read everything. We don't always answer everything because there's just not enough time in a day. Mm-hmm. And same for Barnul. Any questions or anything, barnallammo.com. Follow to the Facebook or Instagram. Again, we read it all, just don't necessarily answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What we need from you is we need GPS coordinates of all the ships. No. So we know when they no. come in. Because <laughs> then they'll get hijacked. No. <laughs> I want to know when those ships are hitting port. <laughs> no. no. We'll have a new, new age of Atlantic piracy. Oh, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> the old mafia. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yes, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so listen, here's what we're going to do. If you guys have more questions and stuff like that, you guys need to follow these guys on social media, both of them, um, and communicate with them, etc. We'll have them back here on the show. This was definitely fun because time went so fast. I'm going to run in the end. I'm going to come back. Uh, maybe we can get Dave. Maybe you can hit us with some words of wisdom. We've had, we've had Sean do that in the past. So you, you got a couple you got a, like a couple seconds there to think about your words and okay, wisdom. Yeah, um, we will get that from you. Uh, let me run the end in here right now. Here we go. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you smash those thumbs ups, ring the bell. We're gonna rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your favorite places to watch your audio podcast. Big shout out, if I haven't said it already, can't say it enough times. Thank you to Baranul for sponsoring the show we appreciate that that's how we keep the lights on here in the van <laughs> and we're able to do all of this so dave hit us with some words of wisdom man what you got man i'm just gonna say it's simple as all the madness and craziness going on our rights under attack contact your representatives do it regularly you know pay attention to every issue that's going on you don't have to be super in depth with it but know enough and reach out to your representation if we don't then it's all for a loss i mean yeah that's it. That's where it's at. Absolutely. Uh, you know, don't get burned out. Just keep keep fighting. Keep pushing back on these guys. I think that that's uh, pretty well said. Thanks so much, Sean, Dave. Uh, we're out of here. Yeah, you guys stay right there. We'll, yeah, absolutely. We'll see you all. We're out of here. Peace. See you tomorrow.